Hi, this is the Grieving with Gratitude podcast, and I'm your host, Conway, a spiritual psychologist. I suddenly lost my dad, and it propelled me to radically change my life. I went from a broke, burnt-out entrepreneur that was dependent on drugs and partying to a life of peace, abundance, and gratitude, making over six figures in traveling the world. My goal is to help you to heal your trauma and through the process, become the healthiest and highest version of yourself. I believe you are here to live a life of abundance and not be a victim to your current life. Are you ready to take back your power and start to create the life you want? Hi guys, this is Conway with the Graving with Gratitude podcast. And on today's episode, I am so excited to have on Rachel, who I met through Like-Minded Collective. She and I really just vibed and connected. And I really wanted to share this episode because just through everything that life has to offer, and especially through the grieving process for me, it really was focusing on what self-care looks like. And I love that Rachel does not think that self-care is a negotiable. It is something that is crucial to your livelihood and having work-life balance. Rachel is a former burnt-out corporate and small business executive turned professional speaker, best-selling author, coach, and founder of the movement Take Care of Yourself. She believes the world is unhealthy and underachieving because people are unclear about how to do life and when and having balance. Rachel uses her 15 years of experience to train high achievers on how to take care of themselves. There's no self-care movement here. Doesn't share how to bubble back your way to your goals, but instead takes a much more effective approach. I just love everything about her. And so can't wait to share this episode with you. I am so, so excited to have Rachel on. She is an amazing mindset coach. She does all the things. She's a boss mom. She does fitness. It's like, I just love following you on Instagram. And so I'm so excited to have you here and just get to know you more because I see your life and it looks very like, similar to what mine would look like. And so, yeah, I want you just kind of just share your experience of like, and go into a little bit more deeper because obviously I've grazed over the year coach. So mm-hmm. yeah, just expand on that. Like, how are you going out in the world and helping people be a better version of themselves? Yeah. I was so excited when you reached out to chat because we met in another sort of cohort and immediately I gravitated to your energy. Um, and I love too that we are in very different places in our lives. And I love when I can connect with other women that are doing something totally different than me, but yet our energies kind of align in those ways. And then once I heard what your podcast about, I was like, okay, this is, this is my jam. So hi, I'm Rachel. Um, Yes, I am a mom. I have four young boys. I'm a keynote speaker and mindset and accountability coach. So How I got into this was really by me finding myself failing and being a perfectionist and on my bathroom floor, unable to move, couldn't make decisions, physically ill, and thought there has to be a better way to do this. And so I found it. I had to make some really hard decisions. And I knew that I am the only woman in my household that can show these boys what a woman is and what a mother is. And it's not going to be someone who is hurrying about to take care of everybody else all the time while letting ourselves sink and fall and not live this big, beautiful, crazy life that we want to live. And so, and it's hard, like living that big, crazy, beautiful life is hard work, you know? So I train high performers on how to take care of themselves. I don't teach about bubble baths. I don't tell people to take a self-care day. I am sort of the anti-self-care movement as it's written in our society. I think that self-care is a basic need. 
You need to walk through Target alone? Girl, you do that. You need to get a pedicure? Basic need. You need a bubble bath? Basic need, right? Taking care of ourselves are these habits that we do every day and leaning into the feelings like grief, like loss, like failure, like success, talking about them and doing the work on ourselves every day to get there. So that's what I teach people how to do. Um, and I'm really along, along with them, you know, like I will never stand up on a pedestal and pretend that I have it all together because I don't, but, um, I'll be there with, with the people and, and I, and I love what I do now. So, and I don't burn out anymore. <laughs> well, they always say that like our, the first client is ourselves, right? Yeah. Like we get into this because like, we see a need within ourselves and like, we need that healing. And then we find so much like joy in it. Like you can't help but share it with people when you found something that's working for you, right? Like yeah. it's the same thing as sharing like your favorite makeup product or your favorite coffee shop. Like when something brings you joy, you can't contain that within yourself. Like there's no gatekeeping around it. Like right. I think that's such an interesting term too, is like gatekeeping. Like why would you gatekeep anything yeah, that's I mean, going to make everyone like it's else better? Job. It's our jobs as human beings and it's probably especially women to share that with one another. This is what's working for for me, this is what makes me feel amazing. Do you want to feel that way? Because we should do this together kind of aspect. Um, yeah, I love that. So when you first got started, so you're on the bathroom floor, like mm -hmm. walk me through that process of like, did you create your own program for yourself? Like by just you working it. And then you're like, I got to share this with other people. Like, what did that look like yeah. for you? Like, so, what was like, that was your like aha moment of like, the shit it isn't working mm -hmm. and I am broken. Like we got to fix it. And so what was like kind of your first step? So I forced myself. So I had just left a company that I had built and left it because it was, causing burnt so much burnout and perfection. And it just, I knew for so long in my gut that it wasn't where I need to be. It was no longer my path. It's a massively successful business. It still is without me. And I'm, and I love that about that company so much, but in my gut, it wasn't for me anymore. And if that takes a long time to sort of let yourself believe that, cause like you can have that little, I had those little feelings, those little whispers right? And I would just ignore them, you know, because we all ignore those little feelings. And then they started to scream at me. And then finally it got to the point where that coupled with a loss of a few relationships, leaving that job then. And that's where I found myself on the floor. And so I told myself and my, and my husband, I am not saying yes to anything for six months. Now let's be clear. I have four kids. I am the primary caregiver. Well, at the time I was the primary caregiver when I left that position um, of those children. So obviously there are things and obligations we have as human beings and adults and mothers and women that we have to take care of. But outside of that, I said no to everything. I said no to every opportunity that came in at me. Because I think what I learned in that time is that I said yes to a lot of things because it looked good, because it helped me climb a ladder because it helped me have a great title or show what I was worth. And I had really lost in myself what I was worth. So I knew that I had to figure that out first before I could say yes to the external world anymore. So I took six months and I wintered and I really 
turned inward. I had, I had no plans of making this a business. Like I had, I had none of that. I had no idea where this was going. And I, instead of, I had no plans of anything really, but every morning waking up at five, I would do this meditation that I now walk my clients through and I would write. And these ideas and um, visions almost just started coming out of my writing. And like, let me be clear, I, I don't like meditating. I love writing. And now that writing has then turned into a book, but I am not ever one to, I was never one before to be like, and then I meditated. And then all these beautiful things happened in my life. Like I was, no, like that doesn't actually happen. And it started to happen because I had decided to, that I needed so badly to turn inward and release all of the external world. Dude, I love this so much. Yeah. Like, I know it's crazy. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and after, and after six months, it was like, at first I was like, I'm just going to be in this forever. Like what, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this wintering? Am I just going to be like in this state forever? And then all of a sudden I just, it was, it was like spring. It was like, I started being more aware of the opportunities that were coming my way. I was able to let go of expectation of my family, of religion, of society, of perfection, all these things started to just dwindle down because I was so focused on these habits I had created for myself. And now, and that was four years ago, now through the loss of a few extremely important people in my life, job changes, my husband was diagnosed with cancer last year, um, my kids are all like growing up enormously and that's emotionally taxing. No matter what is going on in my life, I have those habits to ground me. So I don't worry about the world and my little world anymore. And I, I don't burn out. So that to me immediately was like, this is something other people need to know about. Yeah, that this so stuff simple. actually works. Yeah, it is. It's, it's not rocket science. You know, like we can all do this. We just have to decide to do the work on ourselves. Yeah. I always like talk a ton of, I call it my daily spiritual practice and what it looks like. And they're, they're my non-negotiables. Like yes. I don't care who I'm dating. I don't care yep. where I'm at. Like these are my non-negotiables for how I show up. And like, I still do hair and, you know, dealing with clients and no, this is, yep. I am not my best. And knowing like, having mm -hmm. those firm boundaries because it's boundaries aren't for other people. They're for us to yeah. maintain our yeah. peace that like, this is our, this is my boundary. Like I don't work until after 11. Yep. And like, if I, yep. that's not a good fit for you, that's okay. But and like, this is yep. my non-negotiable because I have this morning routine that sets the tone for the rest of my day. And I'll sometimes, I don't know if you do this, do you ever like, I'll like skip all of it just yeah. to see, like, yeah. I just want to see, like, you oh, know, yeah, like no. test it on myself Not and good. see how my day ends up. And uh -huh. I am like a chaotic, no, I'm angry. Yes. Beast. I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah. No, I agree with you. And I have to say as an outsider to your world, you know, watching you on social media and the little I know about your life, even just hearing that, what I hear is like you having those non-negotiables in your life and it it shows in your confidence. It shows in the confidence you have in your body 
in your business, in the way that you run your life. So it is not just for, um, it's, 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 it's not just to get us through the day. Yeah. And it's, it's not like just this like woo woo thing. Yeah. It's help us to live our lives. And that is what I look out at women. When I see a woman walking around, especially mother, because those are, you know, mother with younger children, where I was like, Oh my God, I was there and I was dying too. I, all I see is their beauty and their power. And all I want is for them to see their beauty and their own power. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. That's huge. It's, it's, well, it's hard because we're yeah. all lost and busy, you know? Yeah. And like you get ca- like caught up in all the like things. Like when you, like my whole thing this year has been to like slow down. Like I was noticing I would like drink a cup of coffee and I was like literally just like chugging it. So I could go to the gym and I was like, this is something I enjoy. And I'm like, I don't got time for this. Like, and it's like, good reminder. how, but like slowing down to actually enjoy it. Like, so what? I'm a few minutes later to something like I can there. I'm sure I put a bunch of shit on my to-do list. that isn't that important that I could, you know, like are things that, so I just, I agree with you. Like being able to slow down and actually enjoy like life and being in the presence of stuff and I can see that because I used to be a, a nanny too for a lot of parents, like before I ever got into hair and yeah. whatever, but I could see this, the running around, like, yeah. and just being scattered, like that's not a way to live. And we've made it really socially acceptable for women. Like yes. if you're not doing this and you're yes. not filling up and being yes. busy and mm-hmm. posting all the shit that you're doing all day long on Instagram, like, oh, you're just a lazy piece you're of shit. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's with, not true. At that has all. nothing to, yeah. That is, and that I think is, you know, that is far more than just mothers. That is all, that is all. Well, yeah, that's if everyone. you are not here in your career yet, why not? If you have changed your mind and decided to do something else, why, you know, and we need to start releasing that expectation that there is one ladder to climb. And if you don't climb it, then you don't get to have this big, beautiful life, right? Yeah. And normalizing being able to reinvent yourself. You're allowed mm. to reinvent yourself. You're allowed to look at something and go, this no longer serves me. Yeah. Or I can't show up in this way for this. Like, and stop spitting like a square peg in a round hole, like all the yeah. time. Like, it's okay to reinvent yourself. It's okay to be like, hey, I had this career and I d- they gave it my all and I just don't like it. Like, I think it's more than to okay. switch to something else. I think it's normal. You know, when, when we yeah. talk about grief and loss, like one of the big things that happen is we change forever. And I look back at myself when I was in my early twenties, I'm like, I am actually not that person anymore. So why would I be in the same career, have the same goals? Maybe some of the things have still stayed the same in terms of my goals or like where I see my future, but but I'm not the same person. So my method for getting there is probably going to be very different and that it needs to be normalized. That's huge. So with your clients, so you never like really anticipated making this, you're like, basically it's your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then making it into a career. What Mm -hmm. have you seen come out of it in that way? Like how, like, did you actively market it? Like did women, were women just drawn to you because you had a switch in you and they wanted to know what that change, like what made that happen? I think one of the, one of the things that I did that was the best thing for my business is what I, is I started telling my story, um, in a way that felt not, I was first here. And then now look at me up there. 
but I was here and now I'm trying to get someplace else. The right. Climb. Yeah. The climb. And I, I think that, you know, I think we're getting better at doing that and we're getting better as a community and society of women at sharing that sort of middleness. Um, but I think that's what really draws people to, to my work. Um, I'm also like I, I'm very action-based and like, I don't take a lot of bullshit. So let's do it. Like, if you want, like, let's get, let's get this done. Like, if you want to do this, then, then let's change your life. I want you to feel good. I want you to want to feel good. Um, and I think that that, I think that that makes a big difference. A normal person trying to help other normal people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, like you said, like you see the greatness and you see the power inside of someone you're yeah. literally just opening them up to be able to see it in themselves. And sometimes yep. we need a cheerleader along the way. I have 10 habits that I run through in a course that I run. And these are the 10 habits there. And what we think is that we have to make these monumental shifts to change our life, but we have to do these 10 things that are small things every day to then change our lives. In a oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I always say like, you're not trying to do the most, you're trying to do the least. Yeah. Like I want to do the least. Oh, I love that. Yes. Right. Like it's everyone like makes stuff. Like when my dad died, I, I made all these changes, but I didn't make them all at once. I just was like, whatever way I'm thinking was unhealthy. So I just made the opposite choice. Mm -hmm. So if I naturally wanted to do this, I was like, nope, that's not good for me. I did the opposite. And it was just like small tweaks and then building on them. Like it doesn't have to be so much. And then when you're operating from that higher level, and I'm sure you've like experienced that with your clients, like with the 10 habits that they're like, it's just easier to show up. Yep. It is because it becomes a part, it becomes a part of who you are now. Mm-hmm. So again, they, those 10 habits are non-negotiables period. And you can make them. I also like to make it very clear that this is not my way. You know, this is actually me providing you the tools and the strategies and the ideas, but my teams are prompted to create their own way. And I want to like, I like, that's a big differentiator in the way I run my business because I am not going, I will offer you, if you say, can you tell me exactly what you do and exactly how to do it? And I'm just going to do that because some people don't want to know they just want to do. And I'm like, great, love that. But I also want people to feel deeper because that is what is going to connect them to themselves for the rest of their lives. I don't want them to be connected to me for the rest of their lives. You know, like you take my course once, like you're done. That's not going to just help you today. That's going to help you in 20 years. Yeah. You're like, I want you to be able to hear yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you feel like at through, I mean, obviously I already know kind of the answer to this because I've experienced it, but through your daily practice that you've made for yourself, when you first quit your job, you said that you could like, you know, it was whispering to you. Do your whispers feel like you can audibly hear them louder now because of that? Mine are, um, come through nature and come through, especially in hard, they're louder in hard times for me, but I, but I think that's now because I know how to listen to them because I have been practicing this. So, um, if someone who has not been practicing these habits goes and stands outside in their grass and closes their eyes, they might be like, I hear the dump truck and I hear, you know, the to-do list running through my head. And I'm like, okay, let's back it up a little bit. Right. Um, but now 
they're louder. And I also don't question them. Yeah. Even when they feel totally insane and crazy. I don't, I don't really question it. I lean, I lean into that. I always tell, tell people that as a society, we think too much. Well, a hundred percent. Yeah. What we need to be doing is feeling and then doing. You can think later. If you have this big, great idea that feels really good in your gut, do it. And then think about the, all the logistics later on, because there will be, and you will need to think about that stuff, whether it's building a business, starting a relationship, whatever it is. But if your gut is telling you to do something, do it. Yeah. And that's like, you start. Yeah. I've noticed that with like clients and myself, like they rationalize fucking everything. Yes. And it's the rationalizing that's holding you. That kills them. Like, yeah, yeah. it's holding you hostage. It's yeah. holding you hostage against the traumas that have happened to you. It's yeah. holding you hostage against trying to rationalize someone being an asshole. It's okay. You can be like, they're an asshole, but like, yep. you can't do anything about it. Yep. What can you change about yourself? But when you're rationalizing everything, you just, it's almost like you're re-energizing everything in your life. And then you're stuck. Like, just take action. Like if someone, like, don't rationalize someone treating you bad, like right. they treating you bad, like they're not your friend. Right. Don't have Period. them. Yeah. Don't have them in your life. Move along. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the, I I don't have time. I'm going to wait until this happens to apply Mm -hmm. for this next job. I'm going to wait until I have to wait until this, I have to wait until that. And I understand that there are financial situations in all of our lives. And I understand that there are a lot more people involved when you are running a household or you're Mm -hmm. taking care of an elderly parent or whatever the case might be. But those to me are still excuses for not following your gut. I'm sorry, but you just can't. If you want to become a scuba diver and you are a father of three kids and you live in the Midwest, and so that feels impossible, but that is all you want to do in your life, you can get your scuba diving license every weekend at a local place in your Midwest town and someday work toward moving your family to Hawaii and being a scuba diving instructor. I mean like that. Great. If, if that's what you want to do for your life, do something to get there. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it and take some action on it. Oh, a hundred percent. You're pre, I love yeah. this. Yeah. I love it because it's like, <laughs> this I is what really you believe, do, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really do believe like we are divinely all, we all have a calling on our lives and it's all divine. And all of the, our callings on our lives and ideas that we have, they're specific to us. Mm-hmm. Like I have never had a dream of being a scuba diving instructor. Yeah. It's a very I, unique thing. Like yeah. I've never had a dream of, you know, being a coach, how you're a coach. Like we're mm-hmm. all coaches in different ways, mm-hmm. but that's divine and unique to you. But if you didn't follow that passion, yeah. like look at how many people wouldn't be able to be helped. And not only that, if you didn't follow that, like, It's just, it's wild to me that people don't do it because it's like, if you can imagine it, you can fucking succeed at doing it. That's why it's so unique to you. So if you don't do it, think about how the world's missing out and you're missing out on living like a joyful life and something greater than you could ever have imagined. People are afraid. They they don't do it because they're afraid. Even if they don't come out and say, I'm afraid, they're afraid to fail. They're afraid to change because it is easier to stay stuck than it is to do the work to change it. Yeah. 
That's why yeah, it's way easier to be basic than it is yeah, to be way easier great. To be mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like I was telling my friend, um, Jade, she came over and she was talking to me about something, but I was like, you're meant for greatness. Like, I know that everyone wants to be normal around certain things. Like for me, I've always wished that I could just be a normal drinker or, and I am not. And, but at the same time, I'm meant for greatness. So if I'm supposed to be great, great is a very small percentage. then that means I can't be normal and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to tell my kids that I'm always like, be weirder. Like that's, that, that's who you need to, that's who you need to be. And, you know, they're just kind of all in those ages now where everybody else and their opinions matter, you know, like mm-hmm. it's middle, oh. middle school, middle school is rough, dude. So, but it's all their weird parents ideas. I, it's not even that's the kids. True. That's a good, that's true. <laughs> it's not even yep. like their original ideas to these 13 years. Yeah, like not 12 yet. 13, you know, it's your weird, it's your parents you're right. ideas that you're just you're right. projecting everywhere. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, it's been, it's been an interesting ride being a parent in the last four years in, in this world. That's for sure. Yeah, um, how has your parenting changed? You know, I have no mom guilt, which I love because I bring my kids into my work. I have one son who loves fashion. And so every time I speak, he helps me pick out what I wear. And whether or not I, you know, I need him to do that, no, but it involves him in what I'm doing. I have one son that I, who he's my oldest and I hired him. I give him, you know, whatever, 20 bucks an hour to edit some of my, whether it's my website or, um, you know, an article I'm writing or something like that. And so I involve them in as much as I can and they know what my big goals are. And they're honestly, they're not my reason for doing my work that those are my own, but they're my drive to keep going. Mm-hmm. They know, every time I get a no, every time someone says, Oh, sorry, we're, you know, we don't need any more speakers. Yeah. That stings, but they know it every time, because I think that sharing our failures is just as important as sharing our successes. I wasn't, I'm not supposed to speak there. That other person that got that spot, that's their, that's that for them right now in their life. That wasn't actually for me. And the the opportunities that are for me will come to me. And you mm-hmm. have to be so, your heart has to be so open to believing that. Otherwise you get down as an entrepreneur. You get down every day. If you 100%. are focused on your, focused on your goal and you know your worth. Those are the two things that, I work on every single day is my knowing my goal and remembering my worth. And my big, my big one is that nothing is failure. I've noticed that not, at any time I've looked back in my life and I'm sure you have looked at things where you're like, you perceive them as a failure and you've cried over it and you've done, and you're like, thank God that didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Like, like, and now I look at it as just like opportunities where I'm like, dude, this is cool. Like yeah. being able to switch the focus to like, just observing something and being curious and being like, okay, so this didn't work out. Okay. Like I'm curious about it. Who did they pick instead of me to speak? Like, I want to listen to how they speak. Like, what is it? And maybe it's just a totally different topic. You're like, okay, well, I get it. Yeah. Maybe they had 17 (laughs) other speakers that were talking about the same thing that we were going to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Totally. They needed some difference and it had nothing to do about us personally, but sometimes especially as entrepreneurs and especially starting out, you get real sensitive. Like this is like, Oh my gosh. Like there's so much freedom into being able to like, for me, at least I love in doing hair, 
was love and turn away clients. So I was like, you don't treat me well, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like yep. this, I'm not a good fit for you, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and being able to confidently do that and not stress about money or what is someone going to say about me or just being like, no, like this isn't work. Like, yep. and knowing that it's not working and same thing with relationships and friendships and being like, you're nice, but like, we don't have anything in common. So mm-hmm. like, and that's okay. I wish you the best. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Less time is limited. So with your kids and they're able to help you, that's such a cool thing that you've created that little community in your, in your home. Do you feel like that you're, what is, well, first off, what does your husband do? He is uh, in sales. So he runs a sales organization. Well, I mean, but that's pretty entrepreneurial. You too. You kind of are on your own in sales. Mm -hmm. They just let you fly free. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's so cool. So do you feel like your kids by having two parents that are doing that? Because you're in sales as well, because you're an entrepreneur. So you're doing your own sales. Do you feel like your kids are like kind of gearing towards being entrepreneurs themselves? I can see some of that. One of my sons want already has his plan. He's 11 and he is going to move to France for two years to become a chef. And then he's going to come back here and get his business degree at a local college so that he knows how to run a business and be a chef and open a restaurant. So he has got a plan, which I love plans. So that's great. Um, one of my other boys wants to be a statistician for the MLB. Okay, great. Um, and the others right now just want to work like dad. So they're still, you know, my youngest is five. And yeah. so my husband now is in an, like we office both out of the home. So this summer is a trip, man. Um, and, and that, that's just, that's how we, that's how we run it. And that's how, that's how they see us work. And we talk a lot, the conversation I think is more about, cause it's always why, you know, why do you have to work this much? Or why are you on your phone? It's a Saturday. Why are you working on a Saturday? I'm like, well, first of all, I can work for 30 minutes before this baseball game starts from my car, because those are the choices that dad and I make so that when we decide to take you guys on spring break, we can, we can do that then because yeah, I'm doing these things now or, um, we can take a longer vacation because both my husband and I can work from wherever we want. So I think it's having those conversations because I do get anxiety about, oh my God, I'm on my phone all the time around my preteen kids. Like that's all they see, but bringing them into the conversation, regardless of what industry you're in and regardless of what your job is, you can have some type of conversation with your children, like anything else any other relationship, whether it's parental or romantic or professional communication, that is the biggest, that has been the biggest game changer for us. So, and now that they're home from school for summer break, are they able to see you guys like practicing, doing your daily practice in the morning and are they kind of taking part in it? Yeah. I mean, my boys, so one of my non-negotiables is move my body every day. And so Oftentimes I have at least one kid joining me in that I'll, you know, I'll work out, um, outside or, you know, whatever it is. And like, they're just running by and they're like, Oh, can I use, you know, they're like, can I use weights? I'm like, no, you can use like, you know, two pounds, whatever. Um, so they'll, they'll join me. Um, when we talk about food, that's another non-negotiable, like fuel my body. And I talk about food in the way of you have two baseball games. You have a double header baseball game tonight. Here are some of the things that you should consider eating today. So you have enough energy for that. You need power. You need muscle. You need focus. 
you know, so we talk about food in that way. Um, meditation we do often when things get a little chaotic around here with four boys around the house. So it is a quiet time. It is a peace. We have a peaceful space for each of us to sort of take and ground back down to ourselves. When they're really crazy, I send them outside and make them go put their bare feet in the grass and count to count to like 60 or something. And they come in different children. I love that because I hear from a lot of parents where they're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Like if the, if we're like getting these skill sets now as adults that we yeah. wish we had when yes. we were younger, yes, that's why wouldn't point. you teach your kids yeah. now? And I, and it, it's easier because you, it's easier for you to do it when you have a little built-in community that you're, it almost forces you to do it. If I, if my kids came home and I was eating McDonald's on my sofa hadn't left my, hadn't left that area all day, still in my pajamas with a, you know, a mask on my face, they would be like, what, what's wrong? Like what, what's going on? Yeah. Right. Mom's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Mom's not okay. And like, don't get me wrong. There are days that I sit on my sofa and eat peanut butter and like, that's okay once in a while. But if they saw me all of a sudden not taking care of myself, they'd be the first people to notice and the first people to start to mimic my behavior. Yeah. And that that's why I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do that to them. I want yeah, them you to got fight. a little accountability council. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. They are my little accountability council. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love, I honestly, I love watching your Instagram because you do, you do practice what you preach. Like you're out there working out and you got a kid somewhere running around know. you at a all dog, times. A mailman. Yeah, it's you're making negotiable. it work. Yeah, I mean, it is non, like you have them too, not negotiable. I don't care if there are gardeners outside. My husband's always like, Rachel, why are you working out in the living room? There are men working outside. I'm like, I don't care. I'm a 40 year old woman. If they need to see me working, I'm not like in my bikini working out in my living room. And also who cares? This is for me. I don't care about any of them. So yeah, and even if you were in your bikini, that's what? for you anyways, even yeah. if you were in your bikini. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have work to do. You should be going to yeah, another yeah. house. Soon. I'm paying you to, to do that, not this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love, love, love that. Okay. So we were kind of talking about, you told me that you were kind of grieving some stuff and you lost some friends. Yes. What was that? If you don't mind talking about it and sharing yeah. about it, what was that process Whoa, for you? I, was it, yeah. was it four years before your change in your life or was it during? So in the last year, um, I've lost two friends, a very close girlfriend and a good friend, um, her husband passed away of cancer. And then actually two days ago, my grandmother died suddenly. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. So I feel like, you know, like I said, in the beginning, your energy, when we planned to do this podcast, gosh, was that like maybe three weeks ago and it just didn't work out. Um, it was also at that same exact time. I'm like, this is, it, this is so odd that I have this podcast scheduled to talk about grief and loss. And then here we are again, you know? And so I've been thinking a lot about it and I'm, ha I am very much an open book. You know, I, I think that it's important for us to share, just like we said, our hard stuff, because we all have hard stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I, I just, part of my business is showing up as who I am on every day. And I, and, and I have to do that in my own life. Um, 
Um, my gram's a tough one. Yeah. I still think, I think we're in shock still. Um, just because, you know, I mean, she was 87, which is amazing. And she lived this incredible life, but I'm also like, she wasn't sick. So I'm like, you know, like I suddenness is, yeah. The suddenness is really raw. I feel like, and I've learned, which I know that, you know, and, and grief is so personal. So like, I really am, you know, I, I can't, this is definitely just how I feel. I'm definitely not a grief mm-hmm. expert, but I feel like grief people or society tries to make grief similar to anger at a situation or frustration about a situation or one moment in time you were sad and grief and loss is like all of those feelings over the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so when we go out into the world and try to fix everyone, right? Like, oh my God, you're sad. Let's fix it. Oh my God, you're mad about that. Let's fix it. I go, I approach life in my business and my personal life. Like, let's try to understand those things. Let's try to mm-hmm. go deeper than just putting a band aid over one situation and then thinking that it's not going to happen or come up again in six months. And I think that what makes grief such a powerful experience is that you can't fix it. So yeah. for better or worse, right? It's kind of like the little, what is that story where the little Dutch boy and there was a hole in the, the dam or whatever, and he puts his finger in it and it's like, oh, he's saving the whole town. But it's like, that doesn't save the whole town because now you're, you can't save the whole town that way. Yeah. It's like yeah. grief. It's like, you try to put your hole in like a finger and a hole where it's like, oh, it's streaming out here. Like people just like want to shut you up and cover it up or say like, don't you think like you should be over it? But I've heard that. Don't you think you should be over it by now? And I'm like, oh, that gives me the shivers. But at the same time, you've also, we've also experienced people where like there's positive parts of grief where you're able to process yeah. it and you're able to just, you know, acknowledge that your feelings are going to come up at different times where it is sad because like, Grief literally is losing something. So it's the idea that you've lost something and you're never going to get it back, right? Like that's what grief is. But then you've seen people that are just really angry where they've let grief literally blacken their whole energy. And that's not something that anyone should be either because it's literally we're making, you know, heaven or hell on earth and we're making hell for ourselves in just letting it ruminate. That is not what the person we lost. Oh no. Want us to do. And so I think that, 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 that has helped me in the two women, my girlfriend and my grandmother who are, were very close with me. They were both like bulls, just like these lioness women in their lives. And every time I am afraid, oh my God, I'm going to get emotional. Every time I think I'm going to fail any of those times, I think of them because they are the ones that are reminding me to do the things that are scary, right? And to to show up over and over again for what I think is right, for what they believed what was right. So that helps you get out of those things, out of those negative anger feelings a lot too. Yeah. And I also, I mean, in thinking about coming on here and talking with you about all of this, my, our habits, our non-negotiables that we've been talking about this whole conversation, 
just because my grandmother was lost two days ago, those have not stopped. Yeah. It's your like life raft to hold you back yes, to who you it are. Is. It, it, they just, they hold me up and I, and it's okay if, you know, one or two of them have to fall and I do have to lay on the sofa for a day or a week, but I use those tools to get my ass back up mm-hmm. because we're still like, we're still here. We still get to be here. Yeah. And I'll be damned if I don't live my best life for those women. Yeah. Couldn't. One of the best, um, cause like obviously father's day just happened and it's always yeah. sad for me. Oh. Um, but someone was like, you know what you should do is do something from their bucket list. And I don't know what was on my dad's bucket list, but I definitely know what's on my bucket list and what he wasn't able to experience, you know, like the places he wasn't able to go. And so it's a really cool way of being able to be like, I'm, because it's like, you have to feel your emotions. Like, I don't care who says anything about it. Like, you have to feel your emotions. And I don't know why we've labeled certain emotions bad or good. Oh like, my God. Why yeah. sadness is bad. Yes. Why anger is bad. Yes. Oh my God. Come yes. All of them are neutral. Yes. It's all neutral and all of it can be positive. You can be yeah. angry and it be a great thing. Yes. Yes. It can be an amazing oh God, thing it. to be fucking sad. Yep. So mm-hmm. we need to stop saying that something is bad or good. It is yep. what it is. And emotions make you have personality. So if you had no emotions, you have no personality and look at even the highest gurus, they have joy that just emits from them. Not that they don't get angry. Their anger span is just probably a lot shorter. They don't let it last a day, an hour. It probably is. They acknowledge it, see it for a minute and then go come back to who they are. That's not for me. Yep. I always, I, I believe that I am spot on agree with you on the emotion and how they are all neutral. What I tell my kids is it's how we act after Mm -hmm. feeling that way that gets certain emotions labeled positive or negative, right? Angry people may act in a bad way. Happy people Mm -hmm. maybe don't, you know, Um, but, but the emotion itself, everyone gets to feel. So can I ask you what you did on Father's Day? Because that is such an incredible idea. So I didn't end up doing his bucket list. But when he first passed away, the anniversary of his first death, mm-hmm. I had never traveled the world. And by I had like gone like to Mexico, but I live in California. So like, that's a very, <laughs> that not, doesn't really Mexico yeah. actually doesn't really count to Californians. <laughs> I don't yeah. know who's listening to other parts of the world. When you go to Mexico, it's literally not Cal. Like it's like basically you didn't even leave California. Um, so he had never traveled the world, and I'd always wanted to go to Bali. And at that point, I was like a year like clean and sober, and I was like, I was sick of waiting for people to do shit with. You know, I was sick of waiting for that friend that needed to get money together to do something. And I was like, you know what? Like I have one fucking life to live. I'm going to live it to the fullest. So I booked a round trip ticket. I went there for a month. I never traveled outside by myself ever. Nonetheless, going to like Indonesia, which is like a communist third world country. (laughs) And I went and I had the most amazing experience randomly. The world is a very small place because I knew people that were there. So throughout my trip, like I got to stay at the St. Regis and like their presidential suite with my friend's family. And then at the Ritz Carlton 
just like random, amazing, beautiful things. Later, she had a, a baby the next year. So this ne- trip would have never have happened for her and her family. And they were like, their her parents were divorced and they're two adult kids. So like even just more random that they had oh this God. co-parenting. I have the shivers, I, I have the shivers all over. Like I just, because you followed your gut, you stopped thinking so much about all the things that could go wrong or where you should be or who you should be going mm-hmm. with or what it needed to look like. And you followed your gut and you went. And so we can talk about that in professional settings all the time, but like that is like a life, like a life-changing experience and look at all the beauty that came from that. That's so- Well, yeah. And if I had waited, none of that would have happened. Would it all have been perfection no matter what and outlining how our lives are? A hundred percent. But like, that was such a perfect thing. And then my friend Joan was there. I got to see Joan and she was practicing like a massage technique. So she needed a model and happened to be like, staying in a villa five minutes from me. So I got massages every day for a week. I had a personal trainer friend that was in town at the last part. So it's like, by just listening to like, just fucking good jump. Like it doesn't matter how scary it is. Just fucking do it because you can do it. Like no matter what you are safe and you're protected and you really do the energy you put out is what you attract. So Mm -hmm. if I was going into it, that I'm going to be kidnapped and you know, sex trafficked and stuff. Guarantee I probably would have gotten yeah. myself into that situation because I'm literally, it's like a magnet. Whatever you're putting out is a magnet, but I yes. was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be healing. So that's what I did to honor him on the first anniversary wow. of his death. And so, and I took some of his ashes with it, me. And so he got to come with me and I got to spread some of them. So for this Father's Day, I literally just laid out by the pool. They had down. So I live, I'm in Nashville right now. And so on Broadway, I live by Tootsie's. Like I live in the heart of Nashville. There was a stage literally outside my apartment. So from my pool, I got to listen to like a live rap concert from my pool deck while I'm laying out. That was amazing. And then I went and got I bought brunch for myself because I was like, my dad loves sweets. So I'm like, I got to do something to honor him. So I got French toast and I got a burger. And I told, I started kind of crying when I was sitting at the bar, just reading by myself. And then the bartender brings me my check and my check, she comped me. She only charged me for a soda and she just said, happy Father's Day. Oh, Conway. Wow. That is pretty much it's so cool that like, yeah. And I'm crying now, not because yeah. I'm like sad, because it's no, like, it is so that's such magical. a cool thing. It is. Like, and like everyone, the people, even that wait, that waitress, like that's what we need to be doing for each other in this world. All she did was listen to you for two seconds. And she made a decision to make your day a little bit better. Yeah. And, and then I ended oh up God, tipping her the so whole magical. cost of the meal because yeah. I was going to pay yeah. for oh. it anyways. So it's like, but it's just like those little kindness things. And that's what I always like to talk about is like, we can be nice. And I think nice is a very shallow thing. Nice is what the world expects you to show up as. Mm -hmm. And we do it to ourselves all the time. We're nice, but we're like, it's a passive aggressive (laughs) bitchy thing to be nice. Kindness is who you are genuinely without any strings attached. So at that moment, I was like, what's the kindest? There's a lot of things I could be doing. I could have gone downstairs and gone to that rap concert. I could have escaped. I could have done all these things. And I was like, what do I actually want to do? And what's the kindest thing for me? Okay. So I ate a burger and I got to have a few bites of a French toast. Like, and I took myself out to brunch. Awesome. And then I ended up going out to dinner again that night with my girlfriends. 
So it was like, what is the kindest thing you can do for yourself? Am I going to eat like that all the time? Of course not. But like for that day, that was the kindest thing I could do to just be in the moment. And and he was probably there with you the whole, the whole time. Yeah. And I, I really do. I do believe that because we all know that we're made up of energy and energy cannot be destroyed. That's Albert Einstein. That's like a proven fact. So like all, and it's hard because it's like, you, we rationally know that we are not our bodies and that our, our, who we are is energy and it's always there. But it's sometimes in those moments, you're going to get sad because you're like, okay, I get it. My dad is floating around me and you get it. Like your grandma's <laughs> floating around you, but you're like, but it'd be like cool to like get an actual hug from you right yeah. now. Cause I need <laughs> it, you know? And Uh-oh. that's where that, the the thing is about loss is like, it's that perceived thing of loss. Well, they're not physically here, but it's like, but they are, and they're still doing so much for us throughout that we don't even know about, you know, mm-hmm. like we have no idea like no one really has any clue outside of like getting into like the spirituality part of it. No one knows what's beyond no, this. No one knows. Yep. And I, I think that we have all just, we, we, we've created a world of hurry that nobody remembers to slow down and listen to those signs for those loved ones that we've lost. Mm-hmm. And those little like inklings to turn left instead of right. Oftentimes I'm like, Oh, thanks. Yep. Thank you for that. You know, for, for our loved ones who, who are still watching out for us and who are still here. Yeah. I started doing this practice and this is from one of my friends. She was like, it's called an intuitive walk. So if you're really disconnected, cause that's the thing, like when you quit your job, it was, it took you a long time to get there. Yes. Right. Because we don't want to listen to our intuition. We don't want to we rationalize everything like, well, but every, like we do the spreadsheet thing. We're like, but this looks great, yeah. but it feels terrible. Yeah. But like, I guess I just need to, you know, and sometimes we do need to switch up our feelings. So we're projecting onto something like yep. something that doesn't exist. But most of the time, if there's a whisper of like, this isn't where you're supposed to be. Like we just keep not listening to it. So I came up with these little practices on like, how can you get in touch with your intuition. So I always tell my clients, like, what's the worst thing that happens? You listen to it. Even if it goes wrong, it was probably the right thing for you. Like just lean into when you hear something, just start doing it in even the smallest ways. So I started doing intuitive walks where I would just like walk and you can do it based on which direction the wind's blowing and then which light turns green as you're walking. And just an easy thing, listen to a podcast and just cruise. Oh my God. See where it takes you. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And it's a cool thing. You could do it with your, um, your boys because, and just be like, okay, what do you, and that helps you get connected with like, what is it that you feel? What is it that you smell? Like, does it smell good that way? Okay. Let's go down that way. way. It smells good. And just like getting it read. It's like such a simple, silly thing, but it's like so powerful to get into touch with that. Like even just laying out when I was listening to that concert, like what is it that I actually want to do? There's a lot of shoulds that we all have in life, yes. but what yep. is it that you really want to do? That's really going to nurture you today. Mm-hmm. And then do that and then do it. And there will be a reason why you did that, you know? Yeah. And, and even like your spiritual practice too, that you do, you take the time to like, yep. listen to yourself. Yep. I mean, it's not more than, I mean, I love the intuitive walk and I'm definitely going to try that with my kids, but even, you know, every morning it's like five minutes. 
you know, because again, like I'm not a big meditator. I, I for sure, maybe one day in my life will do like a whole 30 minute everyday situation. That is not realistic for my life right now. I don't like to say, I will never say that I'm too busy because I don't believe that we are too busy for the things that we want, mm-hmm. right? If you're too busy, then cut something out you don't want. Okay, great. Now all of a sudden, poof, you've got space. But Fast. for me- Cut something else out that you exactly, don't want. Exactly. For me, I don't want to meditate for 30 minutes. So I only- And that's fine. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to like be okay with that. But I also no, know that- in the spiritual community, they make you feel so bad. They're like- no. If you're doing a guided meditation, you're not even meditating. I'm like, you know what? Everyone's got to start somewhere, Becca. And, well, and not only that, I like, oh my God, I read this article in the Wall Street Journal last week and it was talking about optimal health. And I was like, great, love it. Let's read this article. It's like optimal health. This gentleman in Canada works out for an hour of cardio in the morning and an hour of meditation in, in the afternoon, two hours a day. I'm like, this is what's wrong with our world because everyone, every normal person who has jobs or kids or parents to take care of and dogs and work are going to look at that and say, well, I can't have optimal health because I can't work out two hours a day. And it's not also not true. It's also not true. I work out 30 minutes a day, maybe 45 if I have time, 30 minutes, like, give me a break, you know? Well, your your shit that's supposed to make you healthy shouldn't make you stressed out. Yes. That's right. counterintuitive. If you're you've piled so much shit onto your daily spiritual practice or daily routine that yeah. it's stressing you the fuck out because you can't do all of it, then that is like counterintuitive to the whole purpose, right? Well, and the, and the same of like you can't claim I'm gonna do this for four weeks. I'm gonna work out for two hours every day for four weeks and then and then be done because you've burnt out because you actually don't have that time. And your body can't actually take that on. So then that's actually doing worse things for your body of not staying consistent to these habits that you've created. And then you feel down and stressed about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and that is, I always, that's why I'm like, just do something small, five minutes of meditating. That was what I was yep. going to ask you to, how long do you meditate for? Because also when you keep consistently showing up for yourself, you're keeping promises to yourself, which makes you have self-confidence. Because you know that you can fulfill the things that you've told yourself that you want. Because I think sometimes, like I was reading this book and it was like, look at your body as a separate entity of yourself. If it was your friend, how would you talk to that, your body? And how have you been talking to it? How have you been talking to your mind? How have you been treating these things? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so sorry. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I... (laughs) Real sorry. I'm a yeah. really shitty friend. <laughs> I really apologize. But I started doing that with everything and it made a huge impact. Like even just like grieving my dad, like how have I really been treating this? And some, and I will be honest, like when I started really looking at some of the reasons when I'd be really sad, they were really selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Okay, so I am grieving you, but also they're from very, and it's okay. You can, and I think that's the freedom is being able to be like, I selfishly need you right now. And I yeah. miss you because yes. I need yeah. you to have, like, when I have like things that are broken around my house, I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Because he was like yes. a handyman. So he would fix everything. And I'd be like, I selfishly am crying and miss you because I need. Shit I don't think fixed. that's. 
I mean, I think it's that, not really that selfish, but I mean, I, it is. I was going to say, I think that that level of selfishness for sure has a place in grief. Yes. And that's why it's actually, okay to talk about it. It is. Yeah. I mean, like, and actually like, I mean, I know it's only been two days since my grandmother's passed, but like, I selfishly miss her because I want to see, like, she makes really good scotcheroos. I don't know if you know what they are, but they are Midwest, like peanut butter, butter, crispy cream things and chocolate. And I'm like, you know what, who the hell is going to make those? Right. And I'm going to miss watching you do this. And I'm going to miss you showing Mm -hmm. up at my kids' games. And I, but those are all things that, that affect me. Like she's fine. She's better. Like she's all good, you know? So like, I think that there is for sure a level of selfishness in every stage of grief. Oh, hundred percent. I was thinking about my dad made the best scrambled eggs. I don't know Mm -hmm. what he did to scrambled eggs. But same thing where you're like, yeah. I will never be able to remake yeah. those. But also it's a cool thing if you can like reframe it into, even with your kids being like, okay, we're going to try yeah. to do this and make it like yeah. a thing, like a challenge. Like, okay, family, so how do these do ones it. taste? Yeah. Do they <laughs> yeah. taste good? Oh, what do you think needs to be, you know, like yeah, make I it a that. thing. Like we get to, we get to like really change how our perception of it all is. Yep. And yep. like, how can we make it different? Like, you know, get a, give it a different spin and just look at it as like, okay, we're going to make this fun instead of making it sad. Yeah. You know, I do love that. And, and you know what, and all you did is change your own mind. Yeah. Change, like flip the script on how you feel about that particular thing. Right. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's, it has to take away the sadness or take away whatever that feeling is. It's just, you're choosing to turn off one and turn on something else. Yeah. Oh man, girl, I am. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with me. I did not realize that that happened two days ago. That's fucking brutal. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you are a champion. Like we all, I mean, we all, we all have to be right. We all well, have yeah. to be each other too. So thank you. But that is, I mean, that's just so impressive. And I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this and they always are like, you've just been able to like really normalize something that in our culture, we like to just throw away because it doesn't feel good and doesn't, you know, look good. So we don't want to talk about it. And I think it's really cool that you were open to talking about it. And I mean, most people shy away from it and to be able to give people space to hear your story and be able to watch it and see how you're growing and how your family's dealing with it. Because Obviously I went through something by myself and I don't have kids. And so being able to like, just be, you know, just share your story is amazing. So thank you for being vulnerable with yeah, us. Of course. You're welcome. Thank you. And I love, I just love all of your things you're doing this. I love <laughs> all of it. So, okay. So how can people find you and do coaching with yeah. you and sign up and do all the things? Do you have any new programs coming up or launches? Mm -hmm. So you can do the, it's the 10 habits to take care of yourself. And I will provide you a link to that. You can find it on my website. I also run group accountability programs that are about four weeks long, sometimes six. And those are awesome because I do them also. So we're kind of in that space together and you can DM me on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram and you can DM me there for more information about those at any time. And mostly I just like to connect with you first, learn more about you and your goals and see if I'm a right fit for you. And that's about it. 
I love that. I love that you aren't trying to just sell yourself. You're like, I want to yeah, see if I fit for, for you. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. I feel like a lot more coaches should be doing that. <laughs> That's yeah. so amazing. Well, thank you again for being on. Make sure to follow her out. I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes and girl, you're killing it. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and open and honest and transparent and just keep sharing who you are everywhere because you are such a light to me when I get to watch your Instagram stories and see you on Instagram. So it's so great to connect with you. Thank you. Love you all. Bye. So here's a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, I am so excited to announce that I have released my first edition of my 60-day self-love guided digital journal that is available on Etsy at the store Higher Conversations. This is the first in a series of guided journals that will be centered around different topics to help you reprogram your subconscious mind, boost your confidence, and help you become your highest version. I intentionally created these digital journals to be simple and easy to follow because Let's be real, we're all real busy and we aren't trying to do the most, we're just trying to heal. Because you're a listener of the Grieving with Gratitude podcast, I created the promo code CONWAY to use at checkout. You can find the link in the show notes below. Happy journaling! Hey guys, so if you know me, you know how much I love electrolytes and I really believe in hydration because most of the time when we think that we're hungry, we're actually not. We're just extremely dehydrated. So I try to focus most of my energy on just being as hydrated as possible and I'm able to achieve that with RF Supplements Electrolyte Powder. So I'm so excited to partner up with them. I love their whole product line from their liquid fat burners to their protein powder, which is delicious, as well as their sleep aid tablets and their pre-work out which doesn't make me feel like I'm going crazy so you can purchase any of these online follow them on Instagram at rf underscore sups s-u-p-p-s and use rfs conway at checkout for a discount Thank you so much for joining me on the Grieving with Gratitude podcast, knowing that you can be blessed through something you would never consider a blessing. If you're ready to transform your trauma into triumph, create the life you want to live, break generational curses, and just level up, please feel free to reach out to me for one-on-one sessions at Conway is Rad across all social platforms. If you love this show, share it with a friend, and please leave a five-star review. Have a beautiful day, and I cannot wait to catch up with you on the next episode.